This podcast has been brought to you with the support of Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. With a Wise account, you can send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Whether you're traveling through Asia, freelancing in France, or buying that dream property in Oz, Wise is the easy way to connect all your finances internationally. You can even send money home to mum in minutes. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com. And welcome to the front page, keeping you up to date on the biggest news of the day from the New Zealand Herald and Newstalk ZB. It's Thursday, 7th of February. I'm Juliet Sivitson. We have the latest developments from the Tasman fire. Our unemployment figures have risen. The Grace Mullane murder accused continues to fight to keep his name secret. And a makeover for Vegemite. To our developing story, police and fire and emergency are hunting the cause of the second Tasman blaze. They've set up a special phone number for tips about the fire on Rabbit Island, which they claim is suspicious. It ripped through 10 hectares and took crucial firefighting resources away from the bigger Pigeon Valley bushfire. Operational lead at Fire and Emergency, Kerry Gregory, says the blaze was independently lit. We don't anticipate that it's a result of this fire, um, but we've got investigators in there now looking at it to try and assess what has started that. Police, fire and emergency are asking for anyone on Rabbit Island from about 2pm Monday to call 03546 with any information. And there are numerous cordons still around the main Pigeon Valley blaze, which is still out of control. More than 100 firefighters are working round the clock to try contain it. News Talk ZB reporter Amy Mackay describes the scene. Standing at an orchard close to the cordon, you can still see black smoke and the tip of flames. There's hardly a cloud in the sky apart from the plumes rising up in the valley and past the hills. Helicopters with monsoon buckets are still scattered around the sky trying to dampen the blaze. The Prime Minister says everything possible is being done to fight the fire. At least 400 people have been forced to flee their homes and at least one home has been completely destroyed. Jacinda Ardern has been meeting with emergency services and evacuees. She's praising emergency services for doing an incredible job in very difficult circumstances. Everywhere I went I asked do you need more resources and they tell me at this stage that they have what they need and if they need more they feel assured that they will get it. And so I feel absolutely sure that everything that can be done is being done. One woman forced from her home describes what the fire looked like as they evacuated their 100-acre farm in Mailing Road. The first lots of smoke that came out actually looked like a, an atomic bomb had gone off. You know, it was like a big mushroom. It was actually quite spectacular. Fiona Thompson says before they left, she and her partner grabbed personal possessions, moved deer to another paddock and put cattle near a road where they thought there was less fire danger. Her partner says they had a short time to gather what they could. We pulled the car and the truck and the ute and um, off. <laughs> we resigned ourselves to the fact that we couldn't get any more in anyway. Um, this was it. That's what we were taking with us. Nelson and Tasman aren't the only areas at risk of major fires. 
A total fire ban is also in place for Northland, Coromandel and Marlborough because of high temperatures and dry soil and vegetation. Fire and emergency says other parts of the country also need to be firewise. Fire restrictions are in place for Auckland, Bay of Plenty, the central North Island, Hawke's Bay and Wairarapa. People in North Christchurch, Otago and Southland also need permits before lighting fires. Meanwhile, the farmer whose machinery is suspected to have sparked the devastating blaze is mortified, according to fire chiefs. Incident controller John Sutton says it's almost certain the fire was the result of agricultural machinery. He says it was a highly accidental event with a totally unintended consequence and the owner is mortified. Sutton's flown over the area and has seen the fire brushing past homes with house paint blistered by the heat, but the houses were otherwise unscathed. While yesterday had been a good day, making progress in containing the fire, firefighters had a lot of work ahead of them with a forecast for high temperatures and winds looking ominous. Sutton said earlier today some firefighters were experiencing fatigue and they were trying to fly in more. Fire police and civil defence all reassured residents that evacuation was not a decision taken lightly and they would get people back into their homes as soon as it was safe. In other news, unemployment has risen slightly higher than expected. The unemployment rate reached 4.3% in the three months to December, up from 4% in the previous quarter. That was slightly higher than expected and the New Zealand dollar slumped by more than half a cent against the greenback as the odds on an official cash rate cut grew. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg had tipped the unemployment rate to rise to only 4.1%. StatsNZ says wages rose but marginally by 1.9%. ASB chief economist Nick Tuffley says wage growth is failing to fire. He says on the basis of today's figures, the hurdle to an OCR hike is high, but if wage inflation remains low, the OCR could move lower. The rise in unemployment was largely influenced by more unemployed men, up 8,000. For women, unemployment rose 2,000. Labour market and household statistics senior manager Jason Atwell says it's the first time since June 2010 that the unemployment rate was lower for women than men. For men and women combined, there were 12,000 more unemployed youth, that's 15 to 24-year-olds. Other figures out today show GST and tobacco excises boosted the government coffers. The Crowns reaped a bigger tax take than expected in the six months to December, with the operating balance before gains and losses a surplus of $1.11 billion dollars. That's tracking well ahead of the $859 million forecast in the December half-year economic and fiscal update. Core tax revenue rose 7.6% to $40 billion, some $164 million more than forecast, with bigger-than-expected GST, customs and excise duties offsetting smaller-than-expected personal income and company taxes. Crown spending rose 7.5% to $43.48 billion. That was $399 million below expectations. About half of that variance came from social welfare payments, bad debt write-offs and Kiwi Build spending that the Treasury still expects to happen. The Treasury forecasts the Crown's operating balance will be a surplus of $1.7 billion for the year ending June 30th. Finance Minister Grant Robertson says the volatile global situation shows why it's important they're managing the government's finances carefully, 
by running surpluses and keeping expenses and debt under control. He says corporate tax receipts in the six months to December were 9.8% higher than a year ago. Robertson is working towards his first wellbeing budget in May. In Invercargill MP Sarah Dowie has fronted media for the first time since it was revealed a vitriolic text was sent from her phone to MP Jamie Lee Ross. Dowie doesn't think she should stand down while police investigate the text, which Ross claims led to his mental breakdown last year. But Dowie says there's no need for her to stand down. No, I am committed to representing the people of Invercargill just as I always have. Dowie wouldn't answer any other questions, saying it would be inappropriate to comment while police are investigating. Late last month, the police revealed they were investigating a text message allegedly sent from Dowie's phone to Ross, which included the words, You deserve to die. Today is the first time Dowie has spoken publicly after being named by police in relation to the text. The text message raised questions over whether there was a breach of the Harmful Digital Communications Act, the law which regulated digital communications, including text messages, making it illegal to urge someone to self-harm. Ross had previously named Dowie as one of the women with whom he had an extramarital relationship with. National leader Simon Bridges says the Dowie saga was not a distraction for the party, and he agrees that it's not necessary for her to stand down. What we've got is to say something all New Zealanders can see for what it is. It's a tough situation for her, but she's going to show Invercargill the champion she has been, is, and will continue to be for them. Simon Bridges says they've moved on. To the courts now, the man accused of murdering British backpacker Grace Mullane will keep his name suppressed while a judge contemplates lifting the gag order. Newstalk ZB's Lucy Thompson was in court. The 27-year-old appeared in Auckland's High Court this morning in an effort to convince Justice Simon Moore to continue name suppression. Today's hearing was held behind closed doors, with only members of the legal team, media and police permitted in court. Justice Moore has reserved his decision and suppressed all arguments made at the hearing. There's no indication of when a decision will be returned. Court documents allege the man's charged with murdering Mullane between December 1st and 2nd last year. He pleaded not guilty at his last High Court appearance and a trial was set for November. Mullane, a university graduate, came to New Zealand in November last year as part of a year-long solo OE. She arrived in Auckland just days before she was killed and was last seen alive on CCTV entering City Life Hotel with the accused on December 1st. Mullane's body was later found in a section of bush just 10 metres off Scenic Drive in West Auckland's Waitakere Ranges on December 9th. A post-mortem examination was completed, but police have not publicly released its details. When the defendant first appeared in the Auckland District Court after his arrest, Judge Evangelos Thomas declined granting name suppression. However, he was able to keep his name out of local media after his lawyer indicated an appeal automatically imposing a 20-working-day suppression order under New Zealand law. Despite the suppression order, British media flouted New Zealand law and named the accused in its papers online and on air. A teenager who admitted killing a workmate at an Auckland factory has escaped jail. 18-year-old Lima Filetti has been sentenced to 10 months home detention by Justice Kit Tugud during a hearing at the High Court in Auckland this week. The teen had earlier pleaded guilty to the manslaughter of 19-year-old Hamawera Holloway. 
Valetti killed Holloway when he threw a metal tool at him while they were working in a packaging factory in East Tamaki on September 7th. The pair were working at a cardboard splitting machine at Charter Packaging when Holloway became annoyed when Folletti misfed cardboard into the machine, causing it to fall onto the ground. The pair had to be separated by a co-worker and they returned to work briefly until Folletti picked up a T-shaped tool and flung it at Holloway. The tool hit Holloway in the face and he fell to the ground, bleeding heavily. He died a short time later. Justice Toogood says Folletti's attack on Holloway was a gross overreaction to a minor dispute. Folletti also committed the attack while on bail for another charge that is still to be determined. Justice Toogood sentenced Folletti to 10 months home detention, believing sending him to prison would do the community no good. There are new developments regarding the controversial ticket reseller Viagogo. And it turns out the scale of the company's alleged breaches of the Fair Trading Act is far larger than previously reported. The Commerce Commission alleges Viagogo sold almost 1,000 invalid tickets to All Blacks matches last year. The submissions are in support of the watchdog's attempt to gain an interim injunction against the online ticket reseller. An Auckland High Court hearing on Tuesday saw Justice Patricia Cordney reserve her decision with no indication of when she would make a ruling. Based on an affidavit from New Zealand Rugby, the Commission alleges that for five All Blacks matches in 2018, a total of 494 consumers holding 947 Viagogo purchase tickets were denied entry to those events. Previously, the Commission has quoted 587 complaints about Viagogo, with 79 of those involving invalid tickets for various sporting events and concerts. Beyond allegations of invalid tickets, hundreds allege they believe they overpaid tickets, thinking the company was the only option. Like a number of sports bodies, including NZ Cricket and the organisers of the ASB Classic Tennis Tournament, NZ Rugby has issued a warning against buying tickets via Viagogo. NZ Rugby says ticket buyers should not click on Google ads either. Google has refused to answer questions about Viagogo, saying it does not comment on individual advertisers. The company sent the Herald a statement after Tuesday's hearing wrapped up, saying all tickets on Viagogo are valid and it's perfectly legal to resell a ticket or give it to someone else if you want. It said the tickets sold on the platform are genuine tickets that have been sold on by the original ticket purchaser in good faith. Now, a twist on traditional climate change research. A new study shows extreme and unpredictable weather will worsen as ice sheets in Greenland and Antarctica continue to melt. The research looks at how melting ice sheets affects climate change rather than how the climate affects them. It's been led by Associate Professor Nick Gollidge from Victoria University's Antarctic Research Centre. It's the first to use detailed models of both ice sheets combined with recent sheet changes from satellites. He says the melting ice sheets disrupt the ocean circulation. And that basically changes the way that the, the ocean moves heat around the globe. So you end up with different patterns of warming in different places. Nick Gollidge says New Zealand is taking good steps towards a zero-carbon future, but that's not the case globally. He says the whole world needs to get on board. Gollidge says despite the recent cold snap in the United States, overall temperatures were warming, and under current policy settings, the Earth's temperature would increase by 3 to 4 degrees by the year 2100. 
The researchers, including scientists at GNS Science and from Canada, the United States, United Kingdom and Germany, used satellite measurements of recent ice mass changes and found that within a few decades, increasing meltwater would substantially slow ocean circulation in the Atlantic. In the south, they predicted Antarctic meltwater would form a freshwater lens on the surface, allowing rising warmer water to spread out and potentially cause further melting of Antarctic ice underwater. They predicted a level of melt from freshwater of 25 centimetres by 2100. While this was a very small amount in comparison to the ocean, which has averaged about 2 to 3 kilometres deep, it had a big impact on the delicate ocean. That's because of the way fresh and salt water act in the ocean. College says when you mix cold fresh water in the ocean, it changes the way heat is transported around the globe. Model predictions showed these changes would lead to more extreme weather events and greater year-to-year variation in temperature in some parts of the world. And love it or loathe it, Vegemite is the latest food to get a gluten-free makeover. They've come up with a version made from gluten-free yeast. Matt Gray from Vegemite says it took them a while to get it 100% right. We really wanted to nail the Vegemite taste and it's been difficult to crack that gluten-free formulation. We've needed to find a new yeast to make sure that Vegemite can be gluten-free for this new product. No, Marmite all the way. That's the front page for today, Thursday 7th February, making sure you're across the biggest news of the day from Aotearoa, New Zealand. For more on these stories, check out the New Zealand Herald or tune in to Newstalk ZB. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio and Stitcher. Until next time, have a lovely evening. 